following program contains views and opinions which are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody. Here's what's coming up on today's experience. Devotional Diamonds of the Day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show which have nothing to do with life, but there's a time to have a merry heart, and that's what sound effects do. The review of the Goofy News, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. Just keep this in mind. When you're talking about the government, when you're talking about the media, which stands for make everybody dumber in America, it's like eating raw chicken. Ugh. Also, life lessons for our faith that we can actually use probably won't if we sit on our blessed assurance. Get it? Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? There's this scripture in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, that says, Ask and you will receive. I asked. There you go. Also, a Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I'll be your host for the next 10,800 half seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. You know that thingy? Like how much of our Christian faith is routine and how much of our Christian faith is relationship? Ooh, tough one right there. Hey, if you've got an opinion, a thought, a comment, or a question, we don't want it to die of loneliness, just reach out to us. We'll be glad to talk with you. All you got to do is call 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. Now, when you call 972-445-0770, it's just an outstanding experience because you will talk to, to, to. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a dynamite. Dynamite. Did you want me to say dynamite D? No, Dave. I didn't know we was, we was mix, remixing it up. But, I'm you mixing know. it up, brother. <laughs> I'm just making it fun today. Here's the bottom line. Talking to dynamite D, that's like having to be somebody in your life run your errands, not because they have to, but because they want to, and they just want to be nice, and they just want to help you out, and you're just like going, hey, that's nice. That's what it's like to talk to Dynamite D. When you call in, you get to say hi to him. It's like a breath of fresh air. You're just like, and you're like, all right, I'm feeling it. Yeah. All right. You can also text us live during the show. Not Texas. 
text us. <laughs> That's pretty good. You can text us during the show. I like that. That's kind of a. I interesting, like that too. That's yeah. kind of an interesting way to put it. By the way, Dallas. Ooh, pretty good. Pretty, yeah, nice pretty, little win. Pretty good. I mean, I like Tom Brady because I'm from Michigan, so I I know everybody dislikes him. You know, but ten ten Super Bowls, five MVPs, seven rings. Okay, scoreboard. Okay. But Dallas looked good, I will say that. Hey, uh, you can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. 214-210-8483. You can also send us an email, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. I'm going to send you up to the website as well. A couple things to keep in mind on the website. Nothing complex. There's a place to give. If you want to give to the ministry, that'd be great. There's also a place for you to put in a praise report or a prayer request. You can make it public. You can keep it private. You can do whatever you want to do. We'll support you in that. We'll stand by you in that whole process. If you can give, that's fantastic because we need it. I mean, we're not uh, we're not uh, jetting around in, uh, in planes and... Uh... <laughs> I'm like 1,000 miles away from 100,000 miles on my car. Hey, hey, I'm it. As long as it runs, I don't care. Uh, check it out. Go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. That is what all of the Dallas Cowboys did after they won. They jumped into the pool. That's the pool that they all jumped into. That's exactly what that is. All right. Just keep that in mind. Good to have Mark, our pizza, our pizza, our favorite listener on board with us. I don't get to, he doesn't get to hear the show as often as he used to. Mark, I got your letters. They're fantastic. I support you a thousand percent. You go, brother. You go. And then number two, I'll just say this quickly to Al. I know that people don't like Tom Brady. But scoreboard is scoreboard, and you can't take that away from the scoreboard. He did play for the University of Michigan, so let's just keep that in mind. Hello. But then again, TCU beat Michigan, so you know, a little bit of football, a little less politics, a little more fun when you get to talk about it that way, I think. All right, now here's why I'm all like, you guys, Dave, you're like almost melancholy. You're just talking things through and walking things through. I need you guys to pray. I need the audience to step up. And you're thinking, what do you got going on? I am at my wit's end for the sake of my wife. Her job, uh, I'm, I've, I've encouraged her as of yesterday to take a lesser position just to do anything she can to get out of the situation. It's just ugly. I just need you guys to pray for my wife. I don't know what else to do except to support and love her other than ask God to just, you know, completely change the entire, you know, atmosphere or just remove her from it. I need prayer because it's hurting her emotionally and therefore it's hurting me uh, emotionally and psychologically. So I need prayer for my wife. Uh, you don't have to pray for me. Pray for her that the Lord will bless her and guide her and direct her steps. I'm counting on all of you guys to be praying with me like I am, asking God to give deliverance to the situation. 
I greatly appreciate it, okay? And she does not know that I'm bringing that to you in prayer. All right, let's get into our text, which I really am looking forward to. This is a super, super, we're just, whenever I'm teaching in the Gospels, I love it. The Gospels are so fantastic. Matthew chapter 9, verse 1 says this. Now, this is after all those people, Jesus had cast out the demons out of the people that were demon-possessed. All the pigs ran down the hill. The people came out to see him, and they begged him to leave their region, which is what happens when the power of God shows up and the Lord starts delivering people and people are like going, go away, go away, go away. This is weird. So here it is in Matthew chapter 9, verse 1. And so it says this, he got into the boat, crossed over and came to his own town. Just then some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. Seeing their faith, Jesus said, told the paralytic, have courage, son, your sins are forgiven. You read two verses like that, you think, yeah, so let's just break this down. Jesus went to his hometown. Do you know what his hometown is? Where he lives, okay? He wasn't living on the street. It's his hometown. He had a place of operation. Let's get that straight. Remember, his parents came to the house where he was at. Let's just remember that. These people bring a paralytic man and they bring him to Jesus. And if you will remember in the 70s and in the 80s, the faith healer movement. Now, some people got a little tagged with that a little more than other people. Because remember, in the 50s, it went through tents to the 60s to tents and buildings to the 70s and 80s. It went to coliseums and things of that nature. Here's the trouble. What happened is the faith healers would come and they would pray and they would pray for people, which was fine to pray for people, but if they didn't get healed, the faith healers would feel embarrassed. So you know what they would say? They would say, if you don't get healed, it's your fault because you don't have enough faith. That went around the church for a while. Like, you don't have enough faith. Here's the problem with that. That's anti-biblical in this capacity. Jesus gets into the boat, comes back over to his hometown— Men bring him a paralytic stretched on a stretcher, Jesus seeing their faith. It's not the faith of the paralytic. It's the faith of the people that are bringing the paralytic to Jesus. Their faith was sufficient. So what you have to remember, what I have to remember, is that the biblical truth is that faith can come from the person who's searching for a healing, like the woman who had the issue of blood. And then faith can come from other people petitioning on the behalf of those people. So it's not a limit. The, the thing that we've got to kind of maybe move away from is it must be like this. It must be like this. You have to do it this way. You have you have to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. No, you have to baptize only in the name of Christ. You have to do this. You have to do this. Oh, stop with the have tos. Why don't you just learn to hang out with God? He knows what's going on. He's not freaking out if somebody says the wrong phrase. And here's the other part of it. If people are praying for one another, more people will get healed. And yes, sometimes the people going to Jesus have the faith. And you know what? Sometimes it requires us, people that support those people, to have faith for them. And it's like, that's our responsibility too. We're bringing them before the Lord and petition in prayer. When you pray for people, when you intercede for people, this is one of the reasons why uh, uh, Dave, Dr. Dave, gets really irritated. Uh-oh, I get irritated? You bet. I get irritated at those absolutely 
ignoramuses who say, uh, what is he going to send prayers? You're going to send prayers to God over the situation? You got to do something. Hey, sending prayers over a situation is the single most powerful tool that a human being has in the universe because it's petitioning God to enter the situation and make change. And I'm just one of those people to say that to Jesus's face. Hey, what are you going to send prayers, Jesus? That's right. We're going to send prayers. We're going to move mountains. And you ought to get some olive oil because or you ought to get some aloe vera oil because where you're going ain't going to be that nice. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line in this process is we are the petitioners. We believe the power of prayer and petition for other people is so powerful it moves God. People stand in the gap for the people of God. Remember in the, the prophets of old, standing in the gap, standing there, praying on the behalf of the people, asking God, interceding for God. If Moses did not intercede for Israel, they would have been wiped out. So that's right, you send prayers. That's right, you petition. That's right, you do that, because that's the greatest tool a man could ever have is to ask God to enter the situation. Now that, my friends, is power. Okay? All right. Take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry? Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry, no parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. What is the David Spoon Experience? Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey, jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey, la 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 that is la 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 You asked for zany, my friend. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. So we, being not completely unlike you know, Christmas vacation in Chevy Chase and so on and so forth. We, we got a really big tree, slapped it up on the car. Of course, it scratched the car to no end. Remember, I'm Jewish, and I'm trying to follow the Christmas holiday. It's got nothing to do with my Christianity. I like Christmas. I like the season and so on and so forth. I have no problem celebrating any specific time, picking a time, and we're as close as we can be celebrating the birth of Christ. It's awesome. It's a great time of year. But you're talking about me fighting a tree, and I'm fighting the tree, and I'm fighting the tree, and I hack off a few branches. And unfortunately, what I hacked off with the with the axe wasn't enough 
because I was right there again holding the Christmas tree with my feet on the door trying to pull it in. Hey, you know what? The Christmas tree was not coming in. So you know what I did? I hacked off a few more pieces. But then instead of just trying to pull the tree in, I hacked off a few more pieces. By this point, I have decided that Christmas is a pagan holiday that only people who are supporting Christmas presents have created, and Jewish people who believe in Jesus should not be celebrating Christmas, and I'm crashing the and I've got the act of, and I'm crushing it, and I'm going to get this tree in, and you would not believe it, but after doing that for 15 minutes, I still could not get the tree in the house. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. So, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, here's your first trivia question. You guys should get this one. That's all I'm going to say. You should get this one. You should get this one. In Genesis, during the famine in Egypt, who was in charge of collecting money and distributing corn? Okay, I'm gonna give this. I just want to. I'm just gonna give this to Joanne and Cordelia as the pow pow, but their answer is legendary. So remind me to. Uh, to mention what how they mentioned it. <laughs> that's, that's just a, our people have gone to the to the other side, so to speak. In Genesis, during the famine in Egypt, who was in charge of collecting the money and distributing corn? Huh? 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 Wasn't for the purpose of ethanol. Let's get that straight. All right. If you think you know, nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. You can also text two one four two one zero. 8483. And then additionally, you can send an email, David, at he must increase.org. In the meantime, and not because it is something that is bad, well, we do have somebody calling in, so we'll take that call, but we're going to have them hang on. Okay. I'm going to repeat the trivia question, but then I'm still doing DNA. I mean, I'm not, this is, uh, this is, uh, I'm just committed. I either should be committed. <laughs> No, I meant that in a funny way. Um, I, I am committed, but we're going to do our DNA. But before we do, let me repeat the question, give you another chance to get it in there before you have that uh, the miss opportunity. In Genesis, so we're talking about Genesis, folks. During the famine in Egypt, who was in charge of collecting money, uh, the money for themselves, and then, and then uh, I'm sorry, who was in charge of collecting the money and distributing the corn and distributing the grain and distributing, who was in charge of all that while the famine was going on? If you think you know, somebody's already on the phone for the call, so you can text in 214-210-843 or send an email, david at hemusincrease.org. Let's do our DNA. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. I, I mean, I, I just cannot stress it. It doesn't matter if it's one minute. It doesn't matter if it's one hour. I'm not, that's not where we're going here. We're going for the consistency. You just want to consistently connect, okay? 
N, never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Never, 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 ever, 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 ever be ashamed of Jesus or his words. No matter what anybody says, not just the president, even the government, doesn't matter. Never be ashamed of what Jesus had to say. And then A, always be ready. To serve. To serve, which is why Jesus came. He said, I've come to serve, not to be served. And we're supposed to follow that. That's our DNA. Draw closer to the Lord daily. Never be ashamed of Jesus' words in A. Always be ready to serve. Let's send the person on through who's ready. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. This is Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm good. Okay. Hey, I must say, though, I do love Tom Brady, but I love my Cowboys, too. Yeah. And that's that's what it is. Okay. And I, I'm so glad you said that. You're just like, you are just like, okay. So I like Tom Brady because no matter what anybody says, first of all, he's older. So so, so the fact that he's still playing at that level, I'm just thinking, ha, 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 ha. You know, that's just a good thing. But he has had his run. I agree. He's done enough. And I am now becoming a massively big Cowboy fan. So it's like kind of a All nice right. transition. So <laughs> I'm liking it. I mean, I've been here five years. I mean, there's a couple of times where I, okay, I threw something at the TV, but we won't say, we won't talk much about that. That's just when they make a play and you're like, why did you do that? Anyway, we'll move on from there. Yeah, question. In Genesis, during the famine in Egypt, who was in charge of collecting money and distributing corn? I think it was uh, Joe. That is correct, Joe. That's a perfect example. You called him Joe, and then when when Joanne and Cordelia sent it, they put in Joey. It's like, it's like, oh my goodness, That's awesome. we're losing it. All right, excellent job. Thank you so much. That was great work. All right, thank you. God bless. God bless you too. Bye bye, Joey. Uh, I can just see some of the Bible teachers from the old college days going, okay. Fortunately, with the Lord, so they're not really turning in their grave. That's a good thing. Uh, Let's go to the next part of this. This is after Jesus. uh, This is like the coolest thing. I mean, I I don't even know how to say this, but here we go. So I'm going to go back to it. I'm going to show you why this is super duper, 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 duper important. Verse 1, he got into the boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. That Just then, some men brought to him a paralytic lying on a stretcher. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Have courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. Verse 3, at this, some of the scribes said to themselves, He's blaspheming. Now, you have to think, why is he blaspheming? What are you talking about? Because, and just it's as clear as can be, there's no way to miss this, only God can forgive third-party sins, period. And Jesus, this guy didn't sin against Jesus. Nothing happened in there where they didn't have no connection at all. Jesus demonstrates his authority, his power. This is why the scribes were screaming, blasphemy, blasphemy, because he, he was making himself God by making that declaration. 
Is that not just so amazing? And so people are like, well, Jesus never said he was God. Right there, people. If you can't pick up on that, you are misunderstanding who Jesus is. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's not any other weird, you know, whatever thing people come up with. It says that this, some of the scribes said to themselves, he's blasphemy, perceiving their thoughts. Jesus, now that's another thing, perceiving their thoughts. I'm interested to see how he knew their thoughts, although you could kind of understand from what they said. Why are you thinking evil things in your hearts? See, thinking that Jesus could not say he was God, that's evil. For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk, so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. You can't say that, Jesus. Only God has that authority. Exactly. Then he told the paralytic, get up and take your stretcher and go home. What freaked out the scribes, and we find this this happens again in John, by the way, and when it happens in John, they, they, they say he's making himself equal to God. I mean, they're really upset with Jesus because Jesus doesn't come around and say, you know, I got a, I got a better way. Just follow me. Jesus came around and said, I'm God. Listen to what I say. I mean, you're not you, – I know you, you, the way that we perceive it, it's like, well, he's just a really great moral teacher. Well, the great moral teacher said that he was part of the divinity and made that absolutely clear that he was a direct son of God. In the Jewish culture, it's right in the Gospel of John. When you declare yourself as a son of, you are a equal to. It's part, you're part of the clan. And so they were flipping because Jesus, two things that take place in this. He heals the guy, and he says it through the vehicle of saying he's forgiven. Now you're sitting there thinking, well, wait, well, what did he do that he was diseased? What was his particular sin? It's the sin of humanity. It's the sin of everybody. That sin entered the world and then death by sin and disease by sin. So Jesus just wiped it clean. Yeah, you're all good. You're good. All free. If we were all truly free from all of the penalty of sin, we wouldn't have the aches, the pains, the problems, the death. I mean, that's what's happening. And you think, well, but people still die. That's right, because the fullness of the redemption has not been completely manifested. That's why. Or it will be just in process right now. So he got on the boat, crossed the other side, and came to his own town. And just then, some men brought to him a paralytic on a stretcher. Seeing their faith, Jesus told the paralytic, Have courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the scribes and the, the scribes said to themselves, He's blaspheming. Perceiving their thoughts, he said, Jesus said, Why are you thinking evil things in your heart? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk. But so that you might know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. That's why Jesus said it, so you would know it. And then he told the paralytic, get up, take your stretcher, go home. So he got up, and he went home. When the crowd saw this, they were awestruck. That's what Jesus does. When Jesus, when Jesus is active... People are awestruck. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. He said. 
770 KAAM Garland Dallas Fort Worth to me and so he became their savior in all their distress he too was distressed so uh, I want to make sure you understand. We've talked about this before. You've heard some of my testimony. If you want to really get a better hand on my testimony, uh, I'll shamelessly plug the Broken for His Glory book, which contains the testimony, but you can get it for free if you do it through Kindle. And then otherwise it's like seven bucks or something. Well, that's not very much. Uh, it's a kind of a fascinating journey on becoming saved and then going through bad churches or a bad church and then coming back into good church. Right, That's not always easy to do. One of the big premises of the book and of my entire Christian journey is a passage like this, which says, He said, Surely they are my people's sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior. And in all their distress, he too was distressed. I think it's important for you and I to understand the level to which God has put himself or placed himself. He's not incomplete without us in the— in the theological term that God can exist completely independently and doesn't need us, but he bears with us or connects to us in such a way that he feels with us. And so I think it's important for you and I to grasp that when Paul was on the road to Damascus and then uh, the Lord appears to him, right? And we've talked about this before, you know, knocks him, you know, knocks him uh, off his donkey and blinds him, okay? Now you just have to imagine you're on a donkey, Bamo, you're on the ground, okay? <laughs> okay? Not on a comfy table or a comfy chair or a comfy bed, on the ground, and you're blind. <laughs> so this is a real wake-up call. And then Jesus says to him, Saul, before he becomes Paul, you know, you know, why are you persecuting me? And what does Paul say, Saul say? He says, who are you? <laughs> right? Because this is like, you know, this is, you know, outer limits stuff right here. And then Jesus goes, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Ah, but the irony behind that is that Jesus made the identification with the church because Saul was persecuting the church. But Jesus goes, I'm the one you're persecuting. Now see see how he connects himself to the people. 